0: Hey guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast, where we talk about all your favorite books from the Book Talk world. Now, today we've got a fan favorite, a series fan favorite, a new spin off in that favorite. And if you're trying to figure out what we're talking about, today we're covering JLA's Shadow in the Ember, which is a prequel series to the From Blood and Ash series. Now you know we love us some from Blood and Ash. The last book took a little bit of a turn, so we're not quite sure how to feel about it. But we are very excited for the second book, which comes out. When does it come out again?
1: Good question. Um, it comes out November fifteenth. All
0: right, November fifteenth. So in prep, really, man, we gotta wait that long.
1: Well, we're recording this early, and then I'm gonna publish it later. Okay. Well,
0: all of that to say, I'm very <laughs> rereading this. Made me very excited for this book, and now. Uh, we have to wait till November, but it's okay because we got some good ones in between. <clears throat> so I'm Caitlin, joined by my ever-fabulous hosts, Hilda and Bridget. Hi. And we're going to take you through A Shadow in the Ember to prepare, get you caught back up, get you back in the fields with Daddy Nikdos. What would you call him, Bridget? The King of Virgins?
2: The King of Virgins, all hail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which was a surprising twist when I read it, but I was like, oh, didn't know I love this so much. Is
2: it believable in real life? No.
0: no I mean, am I going to eat it up. it up? He is when a going world? Good for him. Yes, I am. So, did you guys have any – like, before we get into it, tell me your thoughts on this book. Did you like it? I know you liked it, but tell me a little bit about so, it.
1: I, so, I really liked connecting the dots between this and From Blood and Ash. And, like, right off the bat, I made those connections. And so, it just – it kind of gave me that feeling like, oh my god, I know what's going on. And it's not just a fantasy series where I was like, uh, let me keep on finding out. Like, I have to discover it. Like, kind of know what's happening. Made some things from Blood and Ash clear, you know? So I liked that. I like Sarah a lot. And
2: do you like um, her more than Poppy?
1: It's hard for me to, I can't talk about Poppy without thinking of the last book. So before the last book, mm-hmm. I really liked Poppy. After the last book, eh. But Daddy Nikdos is on my um, why choose list. So, so. I like mm-hmm. him. And I don't know. I just thought this I thought this was it was fun. It makes the world interesting. Like I kind of know how it's going to end in a way. Right. Uh, but I still care about the story. Good job, JLA. <laughs>
2: Good job. The world building is awesome. For those of you who do not know, this book is recommended to be read after the third book of the From Blood and Ash series. So it goes From Blood and Ash, um, Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, The Crown of Gilded Bones. Then it's recommended to read A
0: Shadow in the Ember.
2: A Shadow in the Ember. I'm just so used to calling it by the short names a site. And then you would read The War of Two Queens, followed by the book that's going to come out in November. So they're two separate series. This one's just a prequel to from Blood and Ash. So you'll hear us talk about Poppy and Hawk probably a lot in this book. We'll always probably reference them just because Right. That's so who consider we need that parts. your
0: spoiler warnings that this will go back and forth between the books. If you're not familiar with any of the books uh and you don't want to be spoiled, just you know, circle back to another podcast. We've got like 24 of them at this point. So you can go ahead and go back and read some more or listen to some more. Now, Bridget, did you like how do you feel about Poppy or sarah i want to
2: say i think initially i was all poppy but then i realized how annoying poppy actually is and i really appreciate that sarah is much more mature <laughs> well, they're, was laughing. they're like the same age range yeah
0: i agree with you i really liked sarah i think way better because of again how and it's not poppy's fault because she's been so sheltered but i felt like she was kind of annoying <laughs> Yeah, maybe also, I do have the last
2: book in my brain. That's what I feel like. But also, Sarah was grew up the same way, kind of Poppy was. They were both sheltered. They were both the maiden. They were both chosen for to like marry or be offered to a god or whatever. Yeah, but
0: Sarah had like tra- training. You know, she could fight. I mean, I guess Poppy could fight too. But then she's got her seductress training.
2: I mean, that was like the real only It wasn't like Poppy was all so innocent. She did wander upon the red Pearl and find herself. She, she a did hawk.
0: have you know Miss Willis's diary. Yeah All good things that we're getting into But we should say today is going to be This is going to be part of a two-part series So there's so much happening in this book And a lot of callbacks to the From Blood Nash series So we want to make sure that we're giving it enough time to go through it all So today we're going to be going through roughly the first 50% of the book And then in part two, we'll go through the last half
2: Fantastic All right, any
0: last thoughts before we get into it? All right, guys Well, Bridget's going to take us through it
1: um, This is already off the rails <laughs> This is very much like From Blood and Ash. There's Maiden and she gets taken to Elysium. You got like a 30-second recap.
2: That nice. is actually a great five-second recap. recap. Sweet. All right. I guess we should get into it. It feels weird when I say it. I'm just gonna leave Caitlin to say that from now on. All right, so at the beginning of the book, we jump straight into a prologue where we meet Sarah. It is her 17th birthday, and we quickly find out that this is the night she's going to be offered to become the the contour oh. of the primal of death.
0: Sorry, at the bat I already had a question. I was like, she's only 17? And then I realized sometimes. Yeah, passes, but, she's okay.
2: a baby. Well, Isn't I guess. Isn't that a song?
0: Fleetwood Mac, she's, yeah. <laughs> edge just <of> 17? <laughs> no, I she's will not be 17.
1: That.
2: Continue. Oh, no. I'm somewhere okay. else. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. If you find a song and you want to play it for us, by all means, you can do that. Um. So they're primping and priming her for the big day, like literally waxing every part of her body, getting her all pampered, perfumed, because they think that she's going to get taken as a consort and they're going to probably have some sexy sexy once he takes her and they want her to be well ready for this. I don't know how much more awkward it can be. It's a 17-year-old and we don't know who the primal of death is. We just assume he's some sort of god and he's probably a lot older and here she is being offered up as a sacrificial lamb. So when they summon him to the temple, he magically appears and suddenly looks at her and says, yeah, actually, I don't want a consort. Peace out. And you're like, wait, what is happening? So we find out quickly that this entire situation was set up as a bargain between the primal of death and her forefathers, like her ancestor, they call him the golden king. His name was King Roderick, Meryl. And so when his- Meryl? Meryl, Meryl.
1: I said Myrell. Oh,
2: Myrell. If you know how to pronounce this, please let us know. Didn't anybody listen to the audiobook? I did. And I still don't know. <laughs> oh,
0: man. <laughs> well, it's on on brand for us to not have any name figured out correctly.
2: I know the audiobook is supposed to be 100% accurate, but I just don't feel like it sometimes is. It's just me. Uh, so he basically strikes his bargain with the primal so he can save his people and his land that was ruined by war. And the price that he has to pay is the firstborn daughter of his bloodline, which happens to be Poppy. So after they make this bargain 200 years to be later. Sarah. Oh, Sarah, not Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same person in my head sometimes. So after they make the bargain 200 years has passed, the rot is spreading throughout the land. Poppy is born. I'm not freaking out. <laughs> Sarah is born and now they know that the time has come. So in those 200 years, they've learned how to, they found out the weakness of a primal, which is making the primal fall in love and then stabbing them in the heart with a specific type of dagger. And so as soon as Sarah was born, they've been training her for this moment. They want her to like wine and dine him, basically seduce him. Wine and dine him. him.
0: Seduce him. got to fall
2: in love i'm assuming no yeah seducing is correct i don't know why i said wine and dine mainly because i mean
0: you're whining and dining, you're then you're seducing
2: yeah exactly food and wine always is a part of this um so she's supposed to do that and they give her classes on how to do that as well and they teach her to be a badass and teach her how to wield a weapon and stuff like that um and so she's been sheltered since the time that she's been born she's been hidden in the castle no one really knows. And because of who her f- family is and who her parents are, she's technically the princess that should be ruling. But her dad passes away, her mom remarries, so her stepbrother is actually the heir to the throne.
1: Yeah, because nobody knows that she exists.
2: Yeah, so she's basically been hidden. She's been wearing a veil because she is the true maiden, I guess. I don't know if we're actually calling her maiden, but she definitely is the maiden for the primal.
0: She's the OG maiden.
1: Mm-hmm. Also,
2: that she is. Just
1: for a second, I always thought that was weird. The way to kill Primal is to make them fall in love and then stab them in the heart. Like, why can't you just stab them in the heart?
0: Maybe. It almost.
1: Because <laughs> it's it like the Grinch
0: feel- and their heart has to grow three times full of love before you stab them.
1: <laughs> it's almost like the make them fall in love is the old wives' tale part of it. You just need to stab them in the heart, really. But then they added the first part to complicate it anyways those are just
2: my feelings on the matter i mean they definitely (laughs) added it for plot and spice but i'm not really gonna complain about it because you know we like all the tensiony feelings and the falling in love part the enemies lover and
0: this book has a lot
2: yes it does you forget how good it is and then you read other books and you're like okay that's great that's great and then you come back to like the original enemies lover that you first read and you're like Chest kiss like i forgot about this shirt. you
0: never forget about your first
2: yep 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 apparently neither does king of virgins <laughs> anyhow that's what we find out in the prologue moving on into the first chapter which is three years after so sarah oh, wait, is... did you
1: say he rejects her
2: yes yes okay spoiler alert all this caffeine water is not working today it's Not gonna <laughs> need a refund <laughs> we're gonna chalk it up to it being monday
0: Right, and when she's rejected, it's like the whole city is just aghast. Like, well, we no, because no one knows, plan, right?
2: Well, no, oh. no one technically knows. It's just her immediate family that knows. So, but they're all riding on the fact that she's going to become the consort of the primal death, and they would strike the bargain, fulfill I think the it was bargain, like a whole big party, mm-mm, yeah. and basically the rot would stop because they, mm. the rot to them, they think the rot started when she was born signaling the end to the bargain so they were really just like putting all their eggs in one basket and he did not want the basket of eggs silly humans silly silly all that time they spent on trying to figure out how to kill a de- uh, I was about to say kill a demon kill a primal they could have been spending it harvesting food and saving for their people anyhow so three years later we meet sarah again she is 20 thankfully she's no longer 17 because that's just weird The rot is still spreading throughout the land. The king and queen have been sending out requests to other kingdoms on asking for them to send help, send money, send food. Um, One lord from Vodina Isles shows up and responds, and he declines very grossly in front of everyone when they had court. And he's like, why don't you give me your handmaiden, and I'll make sure to send her all around and show her to everyone. And so he's on his merry way. The queen is like, yeah, we're going to send him a message. She sends Sarah as the messenger to kill him. So he never gets returned alive to the Vodina Isles. So basically we find out in the past three years, every year they send Sarah back to the temple to see if the primal death will come back and claim her as a consort, even though she knows that he's not because he said, no, they still assume he's going to come back for her. In the meantime, everyone's kind of just like pushing her aside. She has free reign to do whatever she wants. Now she's basically turned into an assassin for the queen putting those weapon skills to good use, I guess. I don't know if that's exactly who I want to be, but anyhow, she still doesn't have good I like it. She's a little bit more of a
0: badass and she's free, whereas Poppy was never
2: really free. Right. But she still doesn't have really an identity because the only people who knows who she is, as she is, is her step siblings and Sir Holland. So it's like, what kind of life are you really living? She probably feels rejected and lonely most of the time. So after she kills this guy, she's heading back to. I don't know if it's a kingdom, a castle, or a palace. Apparently, is it
1: Wayfair? Is it You're just what I need? <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. Hilda's got her wine, wine glasses <laughs> on today. Sure. Pretty sure that's the name
2: of the castle. Okay, but I don't know if it's just what you need.
1: The Wayfair? Community.
2: I know, I know, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> We all used to work for... We all have worked for a furniture company. We know. Okay. So as she's heading back to the castle, she stumbles upon... It is upon, its
1: Wayfair castle. Sweet.
2: I wonder where she got the inspo from.
1: <laughs> Mystery solved.
2: <laughs> um, she stumbles upon three gods killing a mortal and Sarah being the person that she is immediately wants to fight back. As uh, She's about to go, you know, stand up to the three gods and be like, what the hell you're doing? Even though it's like well known. Like if you see gods in the mortal realm... You don't fuck with them. You don't mess with them. You don't talk to them. You let them do whatever they do, even if you think it's an injustice, which is what she was doing. She decided she was going to go stand up for them. Suddenly she hears a man behind her and he's like, you better not be doing what you're going to be doing. So we get introduced to another god and he basically saves her from making a rash decision and potentially getting herself killed. And she's like, all right, cool. I'm going to be on my merry way. And she heads to other directions and he follows her. And he corners her into a tunnel and basically shields her from the three gods as they're walking by. And how do they shield her? Anyone? Anyone? Hot make
1: out sex- session.
0: Yeah, so it's that classic, <laughs> like, let's pretend we're just a couple making out in this alleyway and hide it, ourselves away.
2: Yes, it went from like zero to ten. Again, JLA is the queen of writing like spicy PG-13. And you're kind of like... Why is this so hot?
0: I appreciated this happened relatively early on. yeah, you just like from blood and it. ash.
2: yep, it's just like some kissing, some hand fondling and you're just like, give me more. Great. It's yeah. just great. Great tension. So my yes. only
1: issue with the scene is that supposedly this god that she meets is really tall and she's not tall. No, she is tall, but like but not-
2: she says she's tall like- and curvy.
1: How often do you see two really tall people making out? Anyways, please continue.
2: <laughs> what? Okay, so she's tall, but not tall compared to him. So
0: yeah, but like I'm gonna have NBA <laughs> babies together, okay?
1: they are gonna have these tall NBA basketball God. player. Babies. I just murdered some humans. Walking down a tunnel, I see a really tall guy. So I'm not that was my – I was
2: also god. like, how did you not know he was a god if gods can immediately – just on physical looks, like I know they couldn't feel his powers because he was shielding her and he was shielding them because he's so powerful. But I was like, he looks like a god. That's he why well, so he's hiding his, like his face god. in uh, her face.
0: You can't yeah. see him. They don't want to – staring. It's awkward to stare at this couple making out. Like, look at this tall guy making out with this moderately also tall woman. <laughs> <laughs> like –
1: no one's going <laughs> to stare at that. Moderately person.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think if I was to see like a seven foot something person, I would be staring at them like. No, I think I'd be like, what uh, they're
0: doing. nothing for me I'd to see like, here.
2: Moving on. Why are you so tall? Ooh, What are you doing? <laughs> Bruce greatly be like, I'm not looking. I'm looking. I'm not looking. I'm looking. <laughs> I That's not by. how you make a baby. <laughs> Give them some pointers. Hey, I read some really good spicy books. Like you're doing it. Let me just critique you a little bit. Um. So he shields her from the gods and she kisses him and she realizes, whoa, this is more touched than I've ever had, even though now that in the past three years, she's been able to go about and do her things like people still don't like touch her in a certain way. Um. She's been very... Even though she's no longer a virgin, she definitely doesn't have like those lingering touches that people do and like casually make out and stuff like that. So this is a little odd for her. But as she's leaving him, she gets this sense of feeling of wrongness. She's like, this doesn't seem right. I don't know why I have this feeling, but she can't stop thinking about him. So the next day she's training with Sir Holland. he's asking her, "Why do you seem so distracted?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm fine, but her head's constantly going, "Why are those gods there? Why are they killing these people? Who else has been killed?" So yeah, her mind they killed
1: a baby. yeah, that was one of her issues with the whole thing.
2: Yeah, they killed the mom, the uncle, and the baby, and they just couldn't figure out what this why like right what, did what was they do? The, What
0: was the motivation behind the baby?
2: So as the days following, she also does her own little investigation and she finds out that like, oh, the parents, the grandparents have passed away and they were living there. And, you know, she couldn't really figure out one reason or another why those people in their very casual little lives would be on the radar for a God. She goes to... I guess she's like with her mom she goes to see a picture of her dad after training just to kind of look at him talk to him because her dad had passed away and there's only one image of him and it's in her mom's chambers and she runs into the mom the mom's just a complete bitch to her and is basically does not treat her like a daughter at all oh you can go on but while she's there she sees that there's a seamstress she makes no the seamstress because she's like why are you spending all this money on clothes for a right passage a right ritual when the kingdom's literally rotting away and the people are starving people are dying so she had some you know words for her mom and her mom had some words back and sent her on her merry way and then she's just casually wandering about the kingdom and she gets another feeling like she did the first night when she encountered the three gods and she goes to explore and she ends up at the same seamstress house her name is andrea jones and she finds her dead in i guess the office part of her house and then as she's wandering around trying to figure out what's going on, Ash finds her and she turns around and immediately stabs him. We love a good stabby scene. Ash. I love that. because When of calls did we back...
1: learn? I'm oh, sorry. When did oh, we learn ahead. that his name was Ash?
2: We don't even learn it till like the lake oh. later on. She just knows him as the god. Okay. So she
1: stabs the god.
2: Yes. I'm going to say Ash so we know who we're talking about. But she st- stabs the dog. The, the, not the dog. The god.
0: <laughs> and I love that this calls back to like a poppy cast scenario because she likes to stab him and he really likes to be stabbed
2: yeah we find out really quickly this god is like finds it very comical he's like you just stabbed a god and you can tell it's kind of turning him on she's like oh how she gets a little flustered and stuff like that um and he constantly teases her about like you just wander about into like random people's homes and you don't check to see if anyone else is here you just put yourself in danger you're kind of reckless and impulsive and she's like i'm not and he's like you kind of are, but I kind of like it. And you just stabbed me. And she like does things. And then after the fact, she realizes, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like stab a god who can literally kill me immediately. So as they're there talking, she looks down and she notices that the seamstress leg has moved. And before they know it, the seamstress resurrects and has fangs. And then the god has to kill her. And he also, this is normal. This is not normal. What's going on? And he confirms that this is not normal. I've never seen that before in my life. Like she should not be resurrecting like that, or have fangs like that. So we're left with another mystery. Also, it's in their like little a craven, yeah, mm-hmm. they don't know what cravens are yet,
0: but we, the reader, do, and we know this plays a heavy part in um, from Blood and Ash
2: mm-hmm. in their encounter before he has called her Lisa, Lacy, Lisa, Lisa not lazy <laughs> i wanted to be lazy so bad Okay. Um, I, I think it just sounds better so he has called her lisa in the past and then she finally gets up the nerd to ask her like what does that mean and he tells her oh it means like strong and beautiful the words are interchangeable so she's like oh okay and it becomes like a reoccurring thing that he calls her but we know we've heard it before from from blood and ash who gets called that Hilda's Poppy. looking at me like Look a lot, Hilda. <laughs> Quiz time. <laughs> Poppy? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Correct answer. The um, wolves the, next... the Not the wolves. What the are they wolven. called?
0: The wolven call her Mia Lisa,
2: right? Yep. That they do. And our, so we know it's like my Maya Lacey for Bridget. Thank you. I think <laughs> it sounds better. I'm going to Later in that day, Ezra, which is her stepsister um fetches her to help out with the situation turns out Ezra is very involved in her community and whenever there's a situation like this where there's kids that are being abused in homes she helps with the retrieval of them and she asks Sarah for help because Sarah has a special type of skills aka she gets stabby with it and can get out of any situation so they go and they help retrieve this young boy from a very abusive father the daughter the father also had a daughter and she was a retrieved from the situation previously so now they went for the boy basically the dad's been like pimping out the kids and has been like hiring women to be whores so he can make money off of them he's not a really great guy she ends up stabbing him and killing him so she stabs him she gets blood all over her dress and she decides that she's going to head over to the lake in
0: the dark elms.
2: yes it's a lake in the forest nobody really goes there because there's like little spooky ghosts that kind of hang out there
1: yeah, it's so Shira's she always feels safe. Lake by the dark elms.
2: Yes, so she decides to go over there. She's walking about and she gets that warm feeling again. It's her powers telling her basically that there's someone dying in the vicinity. And when she looks up, she realizes it's a Kyo wolf. And she decides to use her powers once again, and it resurrects from the dead. At this point, we're assuming she's bringing them back to life. I didn't really know the first time around if she was healing them or if they were dead. Dead. So she does that. The wolf carries on with his merry way and she continues on to the lake. She strips off all her clothes and then As just... you do
1: before going into a lake in romance novels. Please continue.
2: <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. So the lake is apparently very nice and pretty, and there's a huge waterfall. Um, not a lot of people go there, or people don't go there because it is spooky. So she decides it's safe. No one's there looking. So she strips off all her clothes, walks in in a rush, in a hurry, because she's just ready to deep dive in. Apparently the lake is also super cold. She doesn't know how to swim. So she kind of just stays within a certain area because she always has wanted to go in the waterfall underneath the waterfall to see what's over there. So she dips down, she dips back up and she gets this immediate feeling that someone is watching her. And that's not great because we already know the lake is kind of spooky. She turns around and, and she's like, show yourself. And guess who responds? None other than the very, very hot God that she cannot stop thinking about. So he's like, only because you asked nicely. And she's like, you're here. You creep. You again. What are you doing here? Um, She realizes how very naked she is and how that he's been, he, he is here. So she kind of makes it out. I was like, uh, why did you follow me here? This is my lake. What are you doing? He's like, I... Not follow you here. I have been here. I am. I went for a swim underneath the waterfall and I came back and I saw you here. He, she's like, Why didn't you present yourself? And she's, he was like, I was going to, but then you stripped off all your clothes and got into the water. And why would I not look? So they have some cute banter going back and forth. Uh, she tells him to get out, leave right now. This is my lake. And so he starts doing that. And then she realizes, Oh, he's very, very naked. And there's some talk about unmentionables. She obviously calls him out for being a pervert for watching her, but she also does the same thing and watches him right back. And we get, we find out he's a very fine species of a man or God. Um, He also has some crazy tattoos on his back that don't really look like tattoos, but are also tattoos. It kind of looks like shadows kind of like moving around. So he goes to get dressed and he tells her that you should come up and get dressed as well. Cause we have company. And then before you know it, there are some creepy crawly things called grooms yeah we're gonna go with that that's what i called it a grim i thought it was a grim too but the audio said germs like worms but the g yeah that's what it sounded like like we're really was- like hmm. grims. yeah but nope well you I know why i like grims because i like to say spelling. i like say it's the grim <laughs> no no okay
1: <laughs> i got you who's editing this episode because we're gonna leave that in <laughs>
2: And Ash basically pulls out his his like swords and he starts attacking them. And he tells Sarah, hey, you need to go. You need to leave. It's not safe. And she's like, fuck this. I'm not going anywhere. And she jumps into battle with him right there. And she attacks them right along. And he's saved. She has saved him from getting hurt. And as she turns around, she stabs one of them. He's like, okay, whatever you do, do not get scratched or get bitten or whatever. And he's watching her take these blows and takes these hits on these grim. And he is feeling some type of way about it he's like actually go ahead yeah i'm kind of liking this and she's in a slip and she's still soaking wet and is pretty much see-through and she's like am i distracting you he goes it's a good distraction though and then she one of them their mouths pop open and snakes come out of it and she absolutely hates snakes and she freaks out and she falls she basically become like has a concussion And then she wakes up and her head is in his lap and he's sitting there with her, making sure he's been protecting her all this time as she recovers. And so they start talking and they have a great time. And before you know it, they're kissing. Before you know it, she's telling him how she likes it. And he He kind of bangs her. I mean, (laughs) oh God, Hilda. We were getting to that, but yeah, I do want to call out that he specifically tells her like, show me what you like. She basically does that. And this is important because then she starts questioning his level of experience that he has. Cause he's also like alluded to the fact in their combo, like, oh, I haven't had I haven't done stuff like this. But not really saying that. And you're kind of like, No, there's no way this this god is a virgin when he looks like that, walks well, like that, fine talks man. like that.
0: Is keeping this all to himself?
2: Yeah. Anyhow, she said it was good. So Then she goes on her merry way. That night, there's riots happening in the city. So the next morning when she wakes up, her stepsister's like, hey, did you hear about the riots? It was really horrible, but the good thing is that there should be work now to rebuild the areas that were damaged Sarah, in her free time, she purchases what, what what little money she has. She purchases money, food from the kitchens downstairs, and she takes them to families that are struggling out in the farmlands because the crops are rotting away and these people can't sell their food to make their living anymore. So she's heading over to the Cooper's house to give them like a bag of apples and potatoes. It's not that much food, but anything helps. And she suddenly hears a buzzing and she smells something horrible. And She opens the door and she realizes that this adorable, loving family that she has come to know over the past couple of years, just from like trying to help them out and like is slaying in their bed with their two kids in between them dead. Mm. And we quickly realized that instead of suffering through because they can't find a job, um, they have no way to make money to pay for food and expenses – that the easiest and best way out for their family was by suicide. This one hurt. I was not this expecting was it. Sad, and I can't stop thinking about it.
1: It was terrible.
2: It was, and I was about to call her Poppy. And Sarah, you know, she sees that she immediately is like, "That's why I didn't feel the warm tingling in my my chest like I usually do because they were dead for days already. The buzzing that she heard was from the flies." that were basically just all over the place. It was just horrible left and right. So she's pissed and she's outraged. And she decides she's going to go talk to the king because they should be doing more for the people. And as she stumbles upon the king's chambers, her lovely, lovely stepbrother, Tavius, was in there. And he's like, yeah, um, who gives a crap, basically? They could have gone and got a job. And she's like, there are no more jobs. People are literally at the very last end. Like, Imagine how bad it is if this is their last option And he's just basically a jerk. And he's like, well, I don't really care. The real problem here is you because you were supposed to save the land and the consort never came for you. And so they get into altercation in the chambers and the king is like, Tavius, you need to leave right now. And he basically tells Sarah, hey, you gotta, don't mind him. He's just really worried about his people and the land. She's like, no, he's not. Like, He only cares about who he's going to fuck next or whatever. So she goes on her merry way and she lured into a trap because she hears someone crying um, for help. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to go help this person. And immediately, two guards come in and tried to kill her or actually three, three guards, apparently there's a bounty on her head. And so in the past three years, some people have found out like who she is and what she was meant to do for the kingdom in relation to the bargain and has tried to attack her and kill her and stuff like that. So she thought maybe this was another scenario. It turns out that someone did Put out a bounty on her head and she immediately thinks it's her stepbrother, her lovely, lovely stepbrother. Anyhow, she kills the three of them. The girl that was there was like, I didn't, I didn't know. They basically came in here and told me I had to do this and I had nowhere out. Like, please don't hurt me. And she's like, I'm not going to hurt you. But suddenly she hears someone at the door because they're still trapped in the, the room where all this is happening. And she runs into another god. She's like, why is there a god in this kingdom? Um, her stepsister later tells her that the god was there in preparation of the chosen rite that's about to come up for the primal of life, where they sacrifice one of the chosens, or like one of the chosen to go to live with the god. It's a ritual that we learn about now, but we also see again that's been recreated in From Blood and Ash, but it's not Exactly the same, but they definitely took the ritual to benefit themselves. After that, Sarah decides that she's going to go help out Ezra with the people who are still recovering from the riot. They work with the mender there, and she's kind of been washing, kind of like the clots that they use to like bandage up people. And she comes across another god who is basically like, "Hey, you come here," and he's hiding in the shadows, and he's like, "I have a gift for you." And she goes, she immediately goes to bow to him, and she realizes. Hey, why am I bowing for this god if I've never bowed for Ash? And then she immediately realizes, like, she this is kind of concerning. And she also stabbed him. So she starts thinking about all the things that she should be doing with Ash when she meets this god. That's supposed to be appropriate for what happens when you meet one. And then he's like, Don't ask any questions. And she, immediately she starts asking questions. She's like, No, I don't know. You don't know. Just here, take this. It's a mysterious box. And when she opens it, she finds out there's a dagger in it because Ash did take her dagger when he stabbed her, when she stabbed him at the house. So he repaid the favor and got her a new one and she feels
0: So romantic. What so
2: daggers.
1: Is this a bloodstone dagger? Or it what's doesn't the Specifically
2: material? I think it's Shadowstone. There we go, Shadowstone. So it didn't say that this dagger is Shadowstone, but I'm assuming it has to be something special because she takes it with her. In the future spoiler alert to a certain place but she's feeling really happy because no one's ever given this girl love like the closest person to her who has shown her any decency is her stepsister ezra and her guard or her trainer sir holland and this is the first time she's ever gotten a gift. She doesn't get any gifts for her birthdays, for holidays, or nothing like that. So she feels really appreciated. She doesn't really know how to feel about it because this has never happened to her. Then we come upon the chosen rite passage. And it doesn't seem that important at the time, but we come to find out later like what they think when they're doing the chosen. There's like a, the second or first kids of the families basically get chosen and offered to God. And the God comes and collects them. And they go live in LSEM. Elysium. elysium
1: elysium i say elysium
2: elysium to go live with the king or the, not the king the primal of life and it's such an honor everyone thinks oh my god this is a great idea this is such an honor they are happy to go so she believes that you know this is a good thing um when she's coming back from the right she runs into ezra and ezra is panicking she's like hey i need your help she brings ezra to her friend marisol who is lying almost dead in a, or actually she is dead, in a carriage. And she's like, what do you want me to do about this? Bury her? She's like, no, I know what your gifts are. Like, don't you remember you brought back to life my child, your childhood cat? Please, please, please bring her back to life. And Sarah's like, no, 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 I can't do that. Don't you remember? This can't happen. And she begs so much. She finally gives in. She realizes that Ezra is in love with Marisol. And if she's willing to do that for love, she can do this for a person she loves as well, which is her stepsister. She brings Marisol back to life. She's like, You gotta take her, make sure she doesn't remember anything. If she does, tell her not to say anything and then take her to the healer the next day. That night, Sarah goes to bed. She wakes up to none other than her very lovable stepbrother, Tavius, and he is immediately an asshole. And she goes to grab her dagger from underneath the pillow and It's missing because he has it. So apparently she was in such a deep sleep from using her powers, I'm assuming using her powers to bring back Marisol from life, that she was in a deep slumber. She didn't even realize he was in the room. She basically accuses him of putting the bounty on her head. And that's why she was attacked earlier. And he's like, no, that wasn't me, which I still think he's lying. He goes on to tell her that he has sent Sir Holland to the Bodina, Bodina Isles, which is where the Lord was killed from earlier. So she knows immediately that if Sir Holly goes there, he's going to get killed. So she's like, what is going on? And we find out that Tavius becomes king because the king, his dad, died that night earlier. So he immediately goes into a full asshole mode. He's basically taunting her. He's getting rough with her. And he finally tells her, like, this isn't great. I know the consort, you're never going to be consort. The primal of death isn't going to come back for you because you're not worth it and I know this and you're just a waste of space and blah 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 and turns out that this entire time he's been cruel to her all these years is because he's still worried that she's going to take the throne because she technically is rightful heir just nobody knows about her and she is enough of has enough of the bloodline she is the bloodline basically that she can tell other people and people will be willing to back her claim to become queen and he's not having it so he thinks The best way for this to be over is to kill her. And he tricks her into making a statement that he can call as a treasonous statement and calls the guards when she's like, you're never my king. He calls the guards to come take her away and takes her into this chamber. And in the chamber, there's a statue of the primal of death. And he thinks it's fitting that this is where they end up. So he is there to basically punish her. And he asks for a whip and he whips her. She is taking it. She crying her mom shows up her stepsister shows up well she's not crying she's just taking it like a badass she's Um, taking it like a badass because she is a badass and suddenly she realizes the floor is um vibrating it's things are shaking and the primal himself shows up and she's like i know who this this is she's like i know who this is who has come for me and it is none other than the primal himself. And when she turns around, she's like, this cannot be. How is this the primal? Because it's Ash. So the god that she has come to know in the past, like, I would assume is a week. I don't really know how like long this max, timeline is. like, a week. I would say it's, like, three to four days. Yeah. Maybe seven. Maybe in the past, ten. At maybe the most. ten. Because there was a lot of people dying, you know. Yeah. She sees him and she's like, what? No, this can't be so she's having multiple feelings right now. He basically is like release her. How dare you touch what is mine? And in her head, she's like, Oh, so now you're gonna claim me. Where where were you the past three years? Why didn't you claim me then? Right.
0: But also like, thank you. Cause he's kind of a dick.
2: Yeah. We I need to yeah. end this.
0: Because
1: she got whipped. Mm-hmm. She
2: did get whipped. So he basically claims her. Him, basically, he does claim her in front of everybody. And Niktos takes it upon himself. He gets sarah released from her binds because she was binded when she was getting whipped and he binds Tavius to the statue and starts is about to kill him and she's like no 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 no. uh release him and he's meaning like you want to show mercy to this guy meanwhile her mom is like oh this isn't like him he's never like this uh, can you please not do this? And the stepsister's like, no, he's a cruel asshole. Like, you need to kill him, basically, because this is how he is. Ash is pissed that the mom is even vouching for this guy. He just pissed all around. Like, he's upset about this entire situation.
0: Like, so, rightfully so. His woman was and just then, getting whipped.
2: Right. And so since the mom is begging for Tavius to be released, and as soon as Sarah's like, can you le- release him as well? He's like, are you seriously going to just release this guy who whipped you? And she's like, no, 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 just release him. And she takes it upon herself to kill him and then shoves the whip back into his throat until like he literally has blood coming out of his mouth. The other gods were like, because Nikto showed up with three other people, two or three other gods to help. They were like, oh shit, definitely was not expecting this This happen. I feel like
0: was her like Dracarys moment, you know? Definitely. like, fuck all of you. I got this. She's Thank right? you, but I've got this.
2: And so he's immediately dead. And it's like, she turns around, she's processing everything, pissed off at Ash because now he's here. He's been lying to her. He is the primal of death and he did not take her as a consort three years ago, but now he suddenly decides to show up. So she immediately is like, she's I'm She's a woman scorned
0: like, now. She's like- Definitely a woman scorned. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm not good enough then, but I'm good enough now. She was mad about it. But I just want to quickly say, I really enjoyed her stepbrother getting killed immensely because he was such a jerk that I was like, I don't want to keep reading it if his storyline and his cruelty has to carry on. So such I really enjoyed spy. that it like you. came to a quick
1: peak and he's gone. I'm with you on that one. He received a karmic
2: and befitting of his skeeziness. All right,
0: sometimes
1: like, in other books you have to wait a while.
2: And she, you, did Guild, yes. she did it. She did it. And also he was like, I'm gonna I guess the way it works is like when you die, your soul goes like into the Shadowlands and then you can go into two different parts of it. And so he set his soul to the part where he can go and show up and torture him every single day for the rest of his existing. So even though she killed him, Ash is not done with him either. So he's gonna get it on the back end. She gets pissed off. She's already pissed off. Um, she's gonna go start attacking Ash because. What else do you do when you're making impulsive decisions? So he immediately tells everyone, get out of this room. And they're like, his god friends are like, are you sure about this? And he's like, yes, go. So she starts to try to attack him. He basically grabs her arms. Um, they get into really close encounters. And I'm like, you know, he likes this. And he does like it. He likes him a little feisty and frisky. So he tells her that he has always known it was her. Um, she feels betrayed. He is like, now I have to take you back to the Shadowlands because I've claimed you as my consort. I can't just leave you here. And she's like, no, don't do that. I want to stay here. And he's like, I can't because if you stay here, you basically just kill the king and you're going to get persecuted for it. And so she's like, you would save me? And then he gets pissed off because he feels like she doesn't value her life. He's like, so you thought I was going to leave you here to deal with this instead of trying to take you and save you? If that was the case, I would have just killed him myself and you wouldn't have gotten like in charge get charged for it basically he tells her that's it we're leaving she wants to say goodbye to her family before she leaves she tells her mother and him that the stepsister should be the heir for the throne and that's how it's going to be moving forward the stepsister's like no you should be and she goes no no no, you be it. i literally have to go be a consort now and that, <laughs> no 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 you you do it
0: i have to go yeah be a she's consort. like
2: i have bigger plans because while even though she's super pissed off at ash She's also realizing he's gonna take me as consort, so I can still enact the plan that my family originally planned for two hundred years, right. which I is basically still fulfill make him my mission fall in love.
0: and my duty. Do we still have a hope here?
2: Yes. So she's having mixed feelings, but she knows for the greater good, she should go with him, seduce him, make him fall in love, and stab him and kill him. Which she already is like, you oh, know, well he, he likes me feisty, so she already knows that he's into him. And I'm like.
0: And we remember that kiss. We remember that lake scene.
2: Yeah. He's here for it. That lake scene was hot. I mean, for real. Again, King of Virgins. King of Virgins. Well, we don't find out that out until later. Not till later, but to. But now we know this is all adding up to his title.
0: That we give so him. That's where Not we're that, at that anyone the else has given this, the primal of death, this fearsome god, this really lame title that we have given him. <laughs>
2: You say lame. I say it's a honor. What? Daddy Nikdos? Daddy Nikdos.
0: You said you had a thought earlier on Daddy Nikdos.
2: I do. So you know how they call him Daddy Nikdos in the book and you just find it really funny. And then I started thinking about it as I was reading it. I was like, he's literally the baby of the group because all of his friends kn- knew his parents and some of them were his, friends, his parents' friends. And then he was born and then when his parents passed away, spoiler, they like basically came and like helped him out and stuff like that. And which then is- they call him Daddy Niktos, and I'm like, but he's literally younger than all of you.
0: Do they literally call him Daddy Niktos, and I missed it? I thought that's what we were calling him.
2: No, they literally call him Daddy Niktos in the yeah, book. Yeah, but
0: they do it They were jokingly.
2: They were doing we it jokingly, do it, yeah.
0: We do it haughtily. We do it for the right reasons. <laughs> well, I just thought it was funny-, funny. So to go back through your timeline, like, That part I kind of struggle with in from Blood Nash and here too. It's just like the timeline and the length of these people's lives can suddenly seem really intense because, like you said, they were alive when his parents were alive, and he's been alive for at least a
1: thousand
2: years. So two—he's been alive for at least two hundred years. Well,
1: gods have long lifespans,
2: right? But no, I think when they made the deal. With um, the Golden King, he was just coming out of the culling. So he should be roughly 200 to 250 years. No, I'm going to say 220 something years because... I thought... He went through the culling at like the age 18 or 19.
1: Oh, but I thought the deal was made with his dad. It
2: was. Exactly. So his... Well, that's a spoiler that we're about to find out in the part two. But yes, the deal was made by his dad. He struck the bargain. And when his dad passed away he became the primal of death and he also took on all of his dad's like job responsibilities and bargains as well which is how he got into the situation with Sarah but when his dad struck the bargain he was like about 19 or 20 going through the culling
0: right and then you have other characters we meet we'll talk about in part two that make appearances in from blood and ash which take place quite a while later so it's still like what is time (laughs) It has no meaning here. Time is a construct.
2: That this entire, like what we're calling a week, let's say it's a week for the purposes of this podcast, that this entire first half of the book happens. It's literally like a nanosecond in their entire lifespan when they think about it as a memory. But so much is going to happen in this one week. All right. Thoughts and feelings so far. 50% of the book. Go. So
0: that's it. That's the first 50. We met Ash. There's already sexual tension off the get-go and we find out that he's the lesser, he's the the primal of death and he comes back to claim her and has now escorted her off to Elysium. So that's where we think she's going to fulfill her mission and that's where things get spicier in plotline and in Spicy Spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as all good stories, there's a mystery. I think that's what, yes, there is a mystery happening in the back burner, which we don't even get into in the first half. Again, why we had to split this book up into two sections because there's a lot of scene setting and a lot of backstory that we need to get through. So now that we've kind of got the intro into Elysium, there's still probably another, at least another hour's worth getting into book two, part two.
2: So as we leave off, as we leave off here at the 50%, we still don't know why the gods are killing these random people. Oh, we felt, forgot to mention. Not well, we. I forgot to mention Odette, which is her handmaiden, or like maiden, her nursemaid, Nursemaid. the person who basically cared for her. She ends up passing away in the first fifty percent of this book. Um, she's important because she kind of like tells Poppy, like certain not Poppy, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, certain things that have kind of alluded to like that there might be more than just being the consort. Like she kind of says some things that are hidden meanings. We'll kind of go into the next part of the book when it kind of kind of plays into the um, the storyline here.
1: Hilda, any we other know. thoughts? I like Sarah more than Poppy. Profound. She leaves us with that. <laughs> and Daddy Nikdos, man, just daddy. Good type of daddy, not creepy daddy. Not
2: creepy I, it's daddy. It's ruined for me what Lionel. I just can't get behind it anymore.
1: You know, I was about to say, we've done a really good job of not referencing SJM or ZA up until now. Sorry,
0: every time it's it would be off brand if we didn't.
2: As we either did those two or from blood and ash, we talk about from blood and ash literally every other second. So,
0: well, they're very popular. What do you want from us? All right, guys. Well, that concludes the first half of a shadow in the ember from our girl JLA Jennifer Armentrout, and we'll be back for book two before we go our shameless plug if you liked what you heard please leave us a review you can do so on apple music or on apple i say this every time apple music apple podcasts or on spotify also you can shoot us a dm let us know what you thought about a shadow in the ember are you super excited are you team daddy nichos where do you lie in this are you poppy sarah so many discussion points we want to hear from you you can find us at Book Talk Made Me underscore Pod on Instagram and TikTok. And I'll I'll say that's it for tonight, guys. Stay tuned for part two. Coming your way. That
1: was great. Bye. Bye. Bye.